Here we go. This is it. We are here for episode 230 of No Laugh Track Podcast. This is Justin Severson, the host. Thank you, Circle of Heat, as always, for letting us play your music there at the beginning. I am here with someone that I uh, crossed paths with when I was here for the Acme 25th, but I don't, we never, I don't think we even said hi because there was 8 billion people here that night having a really good time. So it's nice to sit here and talk to Jackie Cation. Hello. One on one. Yes. Here we are again. Here we are again. Sitting on the Acme stage, mm-hmm. having a pod. That's right. Living it up podcasting style. Uh-huh. Podding right. it up. Let's uh, let's start there, though. The Acme 25th was yeah. the last time you, I'm, I'm assuming, last town. time you were in town. It was the last time I was in town. Came in because it was the 25th anniversary of Acme. And, um, it was the beginning of November. We had a big show here on Sunday. Big on show Sunday. and a bunch of eating, a lot of eating in yes. a row. And then um, just hanging out. It was nice. You know, it was... The twentieth was was like a weekend of, of of Palooza, but the twenty fifth. Yes, that was a little different. This one was, I, I it was nice, not nicer, but I mean, it was really nice because you got to see other comics and I all in the, one night. Yeah, all in one night, and, and they did, they did the lineup. We were yes. supposed to do twelves, uh-huh. and it was in the order that you became a headliner. Yes. So Andy Erickson, who was just about to headline for the first time, mm-hmm. she was first, yep. and I was last. <laughs> Because I am a hundred years old. And, <laughs> no, 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 no. But like, no, because I, I, he headlined me. Lewis headlined me in probably ninety seven or ninety six, I think, for the first time. And then the next one was Chad Daniels. Oh, in like two, and then Pete Lee, and those guys was were in the two thousands. It was yeah. like ten years later <laughs> was when they both headlined. And I was like, what happened? To, didn't Lewis kill them? Yeah, the where are the people in between? Right, in between ninety six and uh, two thousand four. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody was working. Or anyone before you, right? Yeah. Right. Nobody. Nobody before me. Yeah. Right. Those people are dead. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think you, if I remember correctly, you came up and called yourself Grandma. Uh, Gravication, very possible. <laughs> and the weird thing is, is I'm like, uh, I, I literally, I've, I, I've only embraced the fact that I think I was born 107 because I've always been kind of judgmental and like save your money and why are you being a jerk? <laughs> I have always been part of the village raising the rest of the world. Yeah. Unsolicited, by the way. Uh-huh. Not always appreciated. <laughs> well. <laughs> but, and not, not super confrontational, though yesterday I was in the Skyway, the Habit Trail uh, yes. downtown here. Mm-hmm. And... Um, some kid was screaming, screaming, and I just—he was about three or four—and uh, and I looked him in the face and I laughed in his face, because I've often found if you laugh at a toddler, they're like, "What do I do?" And Frozen, they, right? They'd stop. They stop uh, acting like a tiny little monster. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And because their parents would never do that. No, no, because their parents aren't amused at all. No, no. Uh, I am walking by, <laughs> so I'm like, "Ha! You had a kid." <laughs> <laughs> What are you thinking? And uh, look at this little monster. Great and, timing. Uh, good. Uh, and then, and he's just acting up. So it, it was, and it wasn't like he was in pain or anything. He was literally having a temper tantrum sure. on his dad's shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, it well, could have been anything. Could have been anything. If any. you went up and asked, it could or have been nothing. anything. Or exactly. Literally mm-hmm. nada. Yeah. Too funny. Absolutely. So the it's kind of a big week here for you. New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve week, of course. And I'm doing a new album. Yes. And, um, and so all of that, all of that. Are you, okay, so this is, you're already, it's Thursday now, so you've recorded. Did you right, record did the Tuesday first couple Wednesday. nights? Yeah, Dan Schlissel over Stand Up Records is doing it again. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I could just record all of them. And the problem with recording all of them is that I have to listen to all of them. And uh, I don't want to. 
Yeah. Uh, so I usually, what I usually do is I record five. Okay. I do a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay. And then I listen to five hours of me doing stand-up comedy. And then I pick sort of a baseline, right? I pick one of the shows. This is going to be the show that the, the, the CD is going to be. Okay. And then I listen to them all again. Uh, or I listen to the one that I picked again. And then I think of the jokes that I didn't like very much in that set. Like they didn't, they didn't stick the landing or something, right? Okay. I said something wrong. Uh, I didn't phrase it correctly. Some sort of problem, right? And then I listen to the other four shows. And I'm like, how did that joke sound in these four shows? Yeah. And if I can, I'll pull a joke. Uh, if, it, you know, if it works, I'll pull a joke out of a different set. And pop it in if how, it works. How small can the difference be that where you're picking out? Where I'm judging? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it can be. <laughs> I'm sure it can be very minuscule to others. Uh, I um, I don't know. I I feel like I can't tell you what the scale is. Like where I where I I know the words that I want to say. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I say them correctly, and sometimes I do not say them correctly. <laughs> and so if I didn't say them correctly, that's that's the biggest thing. Let's it's say, not so much the crowd. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, let's say you were like, you know what? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold out. This isn't happening. But let's say you say, <laughs> I'm going to do, I'm going to, nope, this isn't the time. This is something you decided two months ago. This isn't the time to record. I'm going to do it for, just I'll pick it, two more years. Like, not that that's realistic, but... Is there? Could there be an amount of time where it's oh, just when, when so? Oh, when that joke isn't isn't going to make it into y- the into the CD or something? No, I, no, I'm asking more like uh, you know, like you 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 run this set over and over and over. I oh, mean, like if I do all, how do you the, pick the, all the tapings and I'm like, no, I didn't like how any of that went. Yeah, is there? Well, I don't. I would think that that would happen to somebody who records a new album every year. Yeah, I literally. It'll this week is three years from my last recording. Yeah. So and if I don't have another too, right? hour, yeah, ever yeah. all my albums are here. Yeah. Um if yeah, if I don't have a new hour in three years, <laughs> Acme, you have my permission to not book me ever again. <laughs> <laughs> because that's obnoxious. Sure. And it's not that I'm not willing to go to the vault. You know, if I if it was a week that I wasn't doing a new album, yeah. I would do jokes from every all of my albums. Yeah. And jokes that aren't done yet. Mm-hmm. Uh but because it's the the new album. And you know how the world went to shit about six weeks ago. Uh-huh. Uh the I had I had my set. I had my 45 to 50 minutes that was going to be this new album. Okay. And then um, the election happened, and I I have 12 minutes on my father. And my father is a salesman. Uh-huh. And my father uh, is often a jackass, a very charming, charming jackass. And I love him. But when I tell the stories about him, he sounds like what's-his-face. Okay. And I... First of all, don't want to remind anyone of what's his face <laughs> when we are doing stand-up comedy because we are all trying to have a good time. Uh-huh. And um, and if I could spend four years not saying his name, mm-hmm. I win, quite honestly. And um, but the and I'm still I'm always pleased that autocorrect does not capitalize his name. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. yeah, it's nice. Anyway, so the stay, uh, stay on that apple. Yeah, good works. And uh, so, but the. So that 12 minutes is, I had to, uh, so for the last month, I've been sort of reworking that 12 minutes, trying to figure out if I could salvage it, you oh, know? And yeah. Bamford, Maria Bamford, friend of mine, um, yep. she was like, but just think, maybe um, 
maybe if you can, because the thing about the bit is that in in it, my father part, parts of parts of the bit aren't aren't tight enough. They don't come from enough of a place of love. So my father isn't really the hero of that story. Mm, mm-hmm. And the best jokes for me about stuff that I don't approve of, if I'm t- <laughs> telling a story about something I don't approve of, is if I can come from that place of love. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and find the humor in the fact, and still not approve. You know, I don't approve of the things that my father has done um, in some cases. Mm-hmm. But um, it doesn't mean I don't love him, and it doesn't mean that I can't find a way... To love him in spite of those things, right? Yeah. But that's because he's my dad. Uh, Trump is not my dad. Uh, and so Maria was like, well, if you could find a way with your dad, maybe then we could find a way with Trump. And I was like, no, no, that's not my job. No. And too yeah. soon. Carry too that soon. around. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you Why don't you get uh, Uday or Ixnay to do that? Uh, <laughs> whatever his kids are called. And uh, so, um, yeah, I was, so I have spent the last six weeks trying to make that 12 minutes into something. So I, I've Interesting. Come, yeah, so I've come into this this week with probably 35 minutes or 40 minutes of stuff that's fine, right? The, the 35, 40, that's great. Yeah. And then I have another 20, that 10 of which is almost brand new, that I think is going to go on the, on the thing. Okay. Uh, that I've been working on. And then, and it's, and it's mostly about the election. And it's mostly, like, I don't do political material. Um, but now I do, uh, because I am human. Mm-hmm. And I love uh, the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and America. And mm-hmm. I want to be Captain America when I grow up. Uh, <laughs> but I also am not brave. <laughs> so uh, I don't know what to do. And none of us know what to do. But yeah. so I have to find the, the comedy in that. And so I've been working on. So that, so Tuesday night I go up. And I have this new, what I'm referring to as my genocide bit. Oh. And uh, so I do that. The audience is like, holy shit. And I uh, have sort of a brain freeze. And um, I get lost. Oh, no. In my head. And I was like, oh, I, uh, turns out I'm lost. Did you guys know Tuesday is casual day in stand-up comedy? I got to go back into the green room, grab a notebook. And uh, so I had to go back into really? the green room and grab a notebook. But, you know, we're on the stage right now. Mm-hmm. This chord makes it into the green room. So I was just like, talk amongst yourselves. I'll be right back. So I walk back there. Earl and Pat Earl uh, and Pat are back there, the MC in the feature. Oh, okay. And I was like, what do you guys hand me? My notebook. You guys talking amongst yourselves out here? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I'm talking to the audience. I'm talking to the people in the green room. Awesome. And uh, so I come back out, put the, put the notebook on the stool, and, uh, and I keep going. And, it's, and, it's, and, it's, and it was fine. But that's... I don't like that. Mm-hmm. That's not fun for me. I like over-preparedness. Yeah. I like all of the bits super tight, and I like them not to be a mess. That is my ideal in stand-up comedy. Some people are more organic, man. They're looser. It's beautiful. Right. Uh, I have never been that comic. Uh-huh. I don't know who that comic <laughs> Offhand, I can't think of who that comic is. <laughs> but it's not me. That's gotcha. what we do know. So I'm, I'm looking forward. So last night, I yeah, just... Yeah, I saw a tweet you did, something about uh, the show last night. Yeah, last night, I loved the show last night. It, mm-hmm. uh, I, I worked on the set list a lot more yesterday, which, uh, which always helps. Yeah. Turns out prep, prep and landing. I don't know if you guys saw that Christmas movie. <laughs> uh, but uh, the, yeah, but I think there's, there's, you know, there's value in being prepared, it turns out. Oh, yes. And traditionally, that all of my albums have been over-prepared. And... Uh, and have been critically, you know, people like them. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. they're like, oh, she clearly, 
these are finished. Yeah, I, I watched <laughs> the last one. I really liked it. Oh, the Horcrux DVD? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So I was one of the people that bought the uh, the download. Oh, nice. Video it's, download. Yes, you can go get the video download of it at mm-hmm. ComedyFilmNerds.com and their download page. It is called This Will Make an Excellent Horcrux. Do you have a title for the next one that you're I do. talking about? I do have a title. Um, it was always going to be called I Am Not the Hero of This Story. Okay. Um, because I like a really long title. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Because <laughs> the first one was Circus People. Yeah. The first one was actually... One that I did myself was shareware, and if you find it, rip it quick before it falls apart in front of you, because I just burned them on my computer. Back, you I might, think I have a copy of it somewhere. Remember that at the end of the '90s when you just burned a CD and then sold them and put stickers on CDs? Mm-hmm. That's what I did. That was the first one. Circus people. It was called uh, "Cake Is Not My Downfall." Yeah. And then Circus People was the first one I did here uh, for real, and that one's still out, yep. mostly on CD Baby or on my website, JackieCation.com, and uh. And then uh, It's Never Going to Be Bread is, um, that's sort of what I think of as kind of, Circus People's good, right? But Bread has all the stuff from Cake Is Not My Downfall, mm-hmm. um, plus all the stuff I had written in the ensuing five years. So it's kind of a best of album. Yeah, okay. Which is one of the reasons why it was top ten comedy albums of the year on Amazon. Yeah. It would be impossible for it not to have been sort of more critically, I mean, it was ten years of stand-up comedy, yeah. and the best of it. So, right. um, so and it has an awesome uh, picture on the uh, cover. Do you really? Do you like the picture with me with the breadboard? Mm-hmm. All right. You uh, hate that or something? I don't like. That's not my favorite co- uh, album cover, but it's an okay picture. It's a little Becky Homecky for me because uh, it doesn't I... make because it's never going to be bread. Is actually a joke about the band bread. Yeah. So I have. There's also another bootleg out there. You guys, I've made some mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> you get a copy of Cake Is Not My Downfall. Rip it quick. If you get a copy of the original. DVD a CD of It's Never Gonna Be Bread, you will know it because the the art on it is f- uh, a copy of a Bread album. Bread being the band Bread. Yeah, yeah. And um, and it's it does not have the title track on it. I printed one thousand of them. Oh wow! Without the title track, my sister just told me she has a box of them in her office. Oh, and it's that one, and it has a different track number seven than the title track and it was entirely my error i sent them the wrong master oh uh, yeah really yeah oh no yeah it was the worst <laughs> and uh so <laughs> you find things that have one. changed or that is not going to happen this time oh it is not well since dan schlissel took over at stand-up records that mm-hmm. is not happening yeah that is uh he he, he is doing he, all the professional recording. yeah it turns out it's not a hobby for stand-up yeah records. yeah and uh, so <laughs> he records them all uh i Pick a set. Yeah, I break it up into set, into tracks and uh, give him time code and all this stuff, and uh, he massages all that audio and makes it pretty. And then Dave he makes Mordahl released an album stand up a few years back, mm-hmm. and he that was when I was still working with him on the radio show, and he brought it in a copy of it, and I got to name all the tracks on his album. Did you do it by listening to them? Yes. Thank God. So he didn't use because you can't necessarily when you name tracks on an on an album and a stand up album you can't really you might be able to use the set list like the bullet points that you write sure you might not be able to because no one else thinks of that bit as 
what do you call that bit? Well, uh, on my set list, <laughs> I call it what I look like. Uh, I don't want to call it that. Gotcha. <laughs> so yeah. um, I have, a, I have a, a new joke about imaginary friends, and but it's mostly about friendship, so it'll probably be called friendship. Yeah. You know? So what it says on the set list... It's a probably it's a great idea to have somebody else name them because then you sort of a better idea of what other people hear when they hear that joke. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool, and they used them and everything. That's it's <laughs> that's in awesome. print. Yes, you were part of the solution. Uh-huh. Well done. Yes, and it's a funny CD. Oh, it's a, I'm sure it's amazing. Yeah, um, we need to spend a little bit of time talking about the nerdy thing that, of course, I'm in love with, which is Star Wars. Star Wars, because Rogue One. Rogue One is now everyone's. I, I feel like I can talk about some of it now. Don't okay, you think? spoiler alert. Is that what you're? We should probably say. Yeah, but like my buddy, here's the thing. I uh, one of my longtime friends just posted on Facebook yesterday that he's finally seen it. I think that he's my friend Brian is the barometer. If he's finally okay. seen it, I think everybody who's going to get out there and see it right. has seen it. And if you have not seen it, you may want to do a little fast forwarding. Yeah. And um, yeah, I saw it. It's, Let's start here. I saw. I I didn't read it, but you did a. Uh, you wrote a review of it. I did a total spoiler alert review too on Comedy Film Nerds. Yeah, which is what I I write for. That's Graham Elwood and Chris Mancini's um, uh, movie review. They have a podcast called Comedy Film Nerds. Oh yeah, and they have uh, they have reviews of movies. And then those two guys and Dave Anthony. And Andy Wood initially, but no longer. Uh, they founded the LA Podcast Festival. Yeah, so kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, so I saw Rogue One, and did you get to go? You didn't go to like a Hollywood like pre screening no, thing oh, or anything? No, no. I saw like, Will Wheaton got to go, and uh, ah. it was neat. Will Wheaton was on the Dork Forest, so I claim an acquaintance. Nice. I don't know him, but I claim an acquaintance. Mm-hmm. And I got uh, one we'll talk about later I'm going to bring up that I think is super cool. You got cool. an acquaintance? The, gonna... Of yours I want to ask you about from oh, your show. Enough. Yeah, okay. but uh, we're yeah, later. This is a dork forest. Uh, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, no, I loved it. I loved it. It's cl- it's a war movie. Mm-hmm. It's uh, not for tiny children. And, I mean, unless your kid's an old soul or <laughs> you don't mind, you know, the fact. And here's a uh, serious spoiler. Everybody fucking dies. Everybody yep. dies. Yep. Uh, remember in four, A New Hope, what we called Star Wars in 1977, uh, when the general, uh, it might have been Akbar, who said m- many people. Oh no, no, it was uh, a different general. When when she's explaining that the plans for the the Death Star in A New Hope, she says uh, some people died to get this. Many people, some people died to die. Yes, yeah, some, many. Mm-hmm. Everyone dies. Mm-hmm. The whole, all the crew. Everybody, yeah. everybody's done. And what I loved about it. What did you love about it? Uh, well, first I want to say I think it's interesting that like I went once with my wife in the uh, opening night, and then I went like four days later. I did bring my kids because right. I've indoctrinated them into Star Wars, and they're right. Into and they it and wanted stuff. to see it. Yeah, one more than the other one, but I've got to bring both. <laughs> but I there's one that definitely shows more interest. How uh, old they're, are they? Ten and eight. Okay, I think I think it's fine. I mean, the things that I saw when I was ten or eight, I mean, you, you could bring. Like, I saw Planet of the Apes when I was seven. Honestly, the more what I was worried about more uh, because it was PG thirteen. Okay, uh, but I wasn't worried about that because I'd already seen it. I was actually more concerned about because when I saw it uh, opening night, they showed the teaser for the new King Kong movie. 
Did you see that one? And when you went to them, have you seen the new teaser for King Kong? I don't remember seeing King Kong's not my jam. So uh, well, it? Uh, not mine either. But this new movie looks aw- it, like awesome. Like mm-hmm. the giant gorilla looks real. It's crazy. Awesome. Yeah, and sure. they had it cranked up to eleven in the theater. And I'm that was I'm. That is what I uh, warned my eight-year-old about. Oh, that it was going to get loud? Yeah, that like okay. if they show this thing about King Kong, it's going to get super loud. But what I was going to say is that uh, I left the movie with a 10-year-old and 8-year-old girl, and the death at the end, we didn't, it didn't even come up. We talked about how much, how much they loved the new robot. Oh, and... God. Who doesn't love a sarcastic robot? Right? Are you reading? Did you read the Star Wars? It was, uh, I think it was the Darth Vader arc of the comics. No. Oh my God! It was a, a triple zero. I think it was what he was called. He was a, a murderous version of C three PO. Oh wow! No, I don't know anything about this. Great comic book, the Darth Vader comic book. I'm pretty sure. And now it's uh, Doctor Alpha uh, got a spinoff of it because uh, Darth Vader was looking for. He was looking for Luke. This is because the comics take place after Episode Four. Uh, yep. After the blowing up of the Death Star, yep. and so the Darth Vader comic is he's looking for Luke. He's uh, he's also got some intrigues going on at court. You know, he's got all this, and he's out of favor with the with the Emperor. Yep, the mm-hmm. Emperor's all mad at him. Uh, so things are going down, and um, and he and he becomes he hires this mercenary lady who um, essentially betrays him. And and doesn't betray him and betrays him and doesn't because she's a mercenary. Sure. And she, for some reason, is not super bright that it's Darth Vader. And <laughs> she shouldn't be betraying Darth <laughs> Vader. Right. But for some reason, you know, in the way of mercenaries and all fiction, uh-huh. she's very charming. And uh, and these two robots that uh, they're they're murderous, murderous droids. Wow. Hilariously murderous droids. And uh, triple O, triple zero and... I need to find this. The other one. Yeah, it's great. I'm sure they're collecting it because there's seven or eight. I need to find this. So, yeah. I, I'm... So they love they, they the the sarcastic My 10-year-old gated it. A, I unsolicited it. We got in the car, and she gave me a review. I didn't mm-hmm. even ask, like, give me a score of, a, you know, one to ten. She just said, Dad, I'm going to give this movie a nine. There you go. A nine from a 10-year-old. It's a real. The thing is, is that it's not. It's not a shitty action movie. It's an no. excellent film. Uh-huh. It's a it's a movie. It's a movie that has been well done. It was well written. Yeah. It had it had an arc. It had uh some people didn't like the character. They thought that there should be more character development and I was like, I don't think so. But uh what I did love about it, I was telling you about it before the show is that is that it was about the force mm-hmm. and that they all believed in the force even if it was I mean nobody had that Han Solo kind of uh, mumbo uh, jumbo. That mystic mumbo jumbo. Yes. No, nobody had that. Everyone right. was like, "Oh, the Force. Yeah, yeah. It's a universal and no midichlorian talk." Thank goodness. Uh, right. Hey, Amen. Mm-hmm. And um, but everybody. What I liked was that everybody, all of the different characters, did their thing to try to make the next thing happen. But they didn't know if it was. It was the movie was entirely run by people of faith. Yeah, absolutely. it was. Everybody did their part of the of of, of the project. Believing that they, even if it didn't work, they were doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And because they had to stop this gigantic misuse of power. If the next movie could not be about a Death Star, that'd be great. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> they recovered the Death Star. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, but I love the faith and I love the, the fact that it was, everyone just knew that they had to do the right thing, whatever it cost. Mm-hmm. And that I think is a great message, for, especially for right now. 
no, no yeah. kidding. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, Carrie Fisher has now passed away, which right. is un fucking believable. And then her mom. And then her mom the next day. Right. Yesterday. How right. is it possible? I have a theory on that. Oh. Uh, lot, lot of, lot of uh, m- like sort of over middle aged and old people are dying. And then none of this, by the way, the 15 geniuses who died, Scalia doesn't make up for it. Uh, <laughs> that does, That is not even. Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> so um, but I'll say it like, like guys like Leonard Cohen and um, and the guys in their nineties, you know Debbie Reynolds and and I forget Abe Vigoda. Abe Vigoda. We lost him hey, this year. I know we lost. That's but I feel like those guys were like, hey, I've already fought Nazis. I was there in the sixties. I was there in the forties. Uh, you got to fix this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to next great adventure for me. You know. Oh wow, that's they're deep. like. Yeah, it's uh, it's completely without any basis in fact. Feel free to blow that off. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's merely my mystic theory. Sure. <laughs> so they all uh, lived through the election and thought, "Not again! I'm not doing this shit again." No, no, this looks like a lot of work. Yeah. I gotta call it. Uh-huh. And, running uh, out of energy. Running out of energy, <laughs> says Mrs. Partridge or Mrs. Brady or whoever. Mrs. Died. Brady, yes. Yeah, and uh, so <laughs> ah well. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, what did you think in Rogue One when they used uh, characters that were 100% computer generated? Oh, the CGI. Yes. The Uncanny Valley thing. It was a little weird. Uh, but I felt like like there were the two fighter pilots who uh, are in A New Hope, Episode 4, what we called Star Wars. <laughs> and I will, I guess, say that every time. Uh, <laughs> two of the fighter pilots, those guys are dead, those actors. Yeah. And they CGI'd them in. I heard. And I then, actually heard a gasp in the theater. Yeah. When, when well, they I, showed them. I was, I, it was jarring mm-hmm. for all of them. But I didn't know that those two guys were dead. I knew that Moff Tarkin, uh, the horror, the great horror actor, Peter Cushing. Cushing. Uh, and I knew that uh, Princess Leia didn't uh, look like that anymore. <laughs> no. So uh, anyway, so but they, so for me it was just a little jarring, just because I was there in 1977. Yeah. I think if like your children were they unmoved, they were oh, just absolutely. like, oh, who yeah. cares? I don't even know who those people are. <laughs> right? right. So it's fine. But I also here's what I did think about Princess Leia's uh, response to being because. Ha- Another big spoiler, you guys. The movie Rogue One ends with the the ship that Princess Leia is on separating from the fleet that's outside of the perimeter, having just uh, received the plans to the Death Star. Yep. And then they jump to hyperspace, and essentially um, she is handed the plans for the, the, the site. Mm-hmm. You know that the next thing she's going to do is she's going to go find R2-D2 and put it in his junk box and, and give him the, the plans, right? Yes. So when the soldier hands it to Leia, she has this smile, like a triumphant, weird, like, hope. And then she says, hope. I was like, okay, I... You just came from that battle where you know everybody died. I would have liked a more grimly determined smile. Oh, yeah. A little less mm-hmm. sweet. 
quinceanera or whatever <laughs> that whatever the fuck right i was like i would have liked a more grimly kind of committed yes we got him now yeah right got him by the, the sacrifices I, we our people just made yes mm-hmm. that kind of thing yeah oh oh i digress but how great uh was it that they finally explained why there was a flaw yes! in the death star oh my god that I'm glad you brought. That's, that's the only saved. thing. That's, that's the only thing I could talk about on the way home when, it was when I saw the, it. It was probably besides that force thing. It was even before I, I thought about the force thing that yes. made the movie. Yes, made the damn absolutely because we just took that in 1977 or whatever when we first see A New Hope. Like, well, why was there? They, got, they built this flaw? big thing, and boy, but there's a safe, uh, you know, a way to go to the middle. Right, and there's sh- an Achilles heel. Yeah, What's how? Happening? Who did that? Well, now we know. Yes. Now we yep, know. That was an excellent connection, and like, oh, mm-hmm. that does make sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice work, guy who wrote that. Yeah. A- and, absolutely. Uh, super fun. Yep. I. Um, I'm done. I've seen it twice now. I'm not going to see it again until it comes out on DVD or uh, Blu-ray. When it comes out on DVD, I'm looking forward to watching it and then right into A New Hope. Yeah. That's oh, what I'm looking forward really? to, back to back. Because mm-hmm. I think it'll be cool. I think it'll be really cool. Uh, I, It's like, so Carrie Fisher passes away, and yeah. then I'm, uh, I was working the other day, so I didn't like, you know, I wasn't on f- social media. I didn't find out about it the second a lot of people did. I, my wife texted me, Carrie Fisher died. Right. Like, Fuck. That sucks. And then I never know what the what the etiquette is on that. You know, like you know, we wake up to a fresh new horror every day, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> so I used to sleep with my phone right next to my bed and roll over, pick up my phone, uh, check my email, uh, play a video game, and then get up, right? Okay. Uh, and then maybe check social media while I was there. Uh, my phone is now charging in the kitchen, three rooms away. Uh, there it is. Uh, go through the living room, into the kitchen, two rooms away. Anyway, so uh, because when I wake up, I don't want to know. Yeah. I'm going to take a second. I'm going to enjoy my life. I'm going to love my cuddling with my fella, yeah. my husband. Uh-huh. And we're going to cuddle for a second. And then we're gonna, I'm going to say, I love you. It's a nice, look how beautiful it is. We live in the moment. And then fucking get up. There you and go. Face the brand new horror. Yeah. And, uh, and so, like, I'm on a pl- It used to be you get on a plane, you wouldn't hear. Right? About the shootings, the, some child shooting or some school thing. Sure, it was a little two, three hour timeout. It was a nice little timeout. No longer. No. Now everybody's got to know. Yep. And uh, so, so when, I, when I find out something before Andy, I always think to myself, well, should I tell him or okay. should I let him be happy for another minute? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because did he not, does he need to know? That Carrie Fisher died? It's true. Well, and last night, right before the show, like genuinely five minutes before the show, Debbie, Debbie Reynolds, Reynolds died. Yeah. And so I say to Earl and Pat, no, no, we do not tell the people. The people do not need to know that Debbie Reynolds died. Okay. Singing in the rain. Let, yeah. them have, let them have this hour. Yeah. We're already going to, I mean, we're comics. It's going to be dark enough for the next hour and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let them be okay. So it's weird. It, it's funny. Uh, last Thursday, I was here. I was at Acme, of course, recording uh, the podcast with Nate Abshire. And before that, I was a guest on a podcast. Alex Stein had me on as, oh, okay. as a guest on his podcast. Nice. And that was super fun. But so anyway, I had like a four hours blocked out to be at Acme last Thursday afternoon, two podcast recordings. Ten minutes before, I was on my way here and my wife called with some absolutely false in now we know it's false, but some really bad news about some money, like financially oh. for us. Yeah, 
And I walk in here with two podcasts in front of me. Like Like two hours of you have to talk. Yeah. And And not like, oh, I think we're screwed. And not be completely distracted by, oh, my God, we are fucked right now. Yeah, yeah. How are we going to get ourselves out of this? Right, right. Yeah. And I (laughs) I told her, I said, you know what? I'm glad... I understand why you found this out. You needed to let me know, but honey, call your sister next time. <laughs> next right. time, wait until think about what I'm doing, right? Because it, it wasn't that like there was nothing I could do about it then right. or now. Right. So next time, just put it off four hours yeah, and get, let me know then. Right, right. Because it, holy shit, was that about to distract me? But right, that's, luckily, it's a hard. Ten minutes. Uh, then you kept it together. Or? Yeah, yeah. Well, then she figured out what actually was going on. Oh, the, uh, oh that there was it, the error was not. There's not, not that an great. emergency. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah. Well, at least she called you with a follow up. Yeah. And didn't let you stew in it. Well, that was the thing. And then I answered the phone when she calls. You know, a half an hour later, and to tell me about it. And I'm like, Is first I answered, hello, and she goes, just want to let you know this isn't more bad news. Okay. All right. Oh, there we oh, go. Okay. Let us reboot. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Tell me right. what's going on. Right, All right. right. And calm okay. down. I accidentally killed a bird. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my, oh my God. God. Hey, I went today up to, I was uptown and uh, went up to Lindellen Lake, essentially. Sure. Next to the Bryant Lake Bowl, there's a thing called Flanders Art Gallery. Okay. And a friend of mine, who, when I lived here in Minneapolis in the 90s, uh, I had a job at Northern Sun Merchandising, hippie skippy t-shirts and posters and whatnot. All right. Yeah. Uh, my buddy, Sun. Kevin, yeah, Northern Sun. Uh-huh. Uh, Kevin Willingham is an artist. He's always been an artist. Uh, he has a new uh, show up there, art ga- like a gallery. Like he's a fine paint, fine artist. And so I went and looked at his paintings today. Spe- and um, he was always so political back, you know, when we both worked at Northern Sun. Okay. Because he was a graphic artist at the time. And now he's a fine artist. And um, But these paintings are about birds and they're about flowers. I mean, it's, they, he's called it... Uh, ephemera i think it's kevin willingham ephemera okay and um but it's they're so cool because they're like it's oils with like i don't know if it's a varnish or a bondo it's shiny but the colors are amazing they're muted but glorious and and then he dug into the uh into the paint oh, and wow. the varnish so that it, there's texture to yeah, it yeah if you get a chance and you're up in uptown uh go to flanders gallery and uh look at his paintings because they're amazing they're too expensive to buy <laughs> uh, but go look at them even <laughs> or for go to you? my snapchat even for me at this i i could probably find five grand uh but then that would be all that i could ever find yeah. and then i would have a really cool painting uh-huh. once <laughs> yeah so mm-hmm. Have you ever have you ever spent a lot on some artwork for the house? Um, no, 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 I'm not. No, uh, I we have some very nice prints. How about Bed Bath and Beyond? Do you ever uh, use the coupon nope. to get nope. something there? Uh, I, I've used oh some art. We do have art on the walls, and my see, my husband is uh, is an artist as right, well, and right. he he makes he's a game designer, but he has a degree in in art design, and uh, so he ju- he genuinely. Loves art, and so we have prints and stuff around the house. And I have one of Kevin's old—I uh, I think it's a print of one of his old paintings oh, okay. from the '90s uh, or early 2000s—and it's just a—it's a beautiful, much more realistic and muted kind of painting of the the um, Mississippi River. Uh, it's sort of it's it's Mississippi River in St. Paul from oh. the look of it. It's gorgeous, but very different. The uh, the other night, my uh, wife uh, was like. 
I was downstairs playing some video games, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she wanted me to come up. Her, she was like, "Could you play my legs? Can you please rub my legs?" Like, oh wow, her legs are fucked up. Yeah, well, they were hurting her. Mm-hmm. My wife has lupus, so she gets oh. pain here and right, there. Right, right. She's like, "Help!" Yeah, yeah. 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 So. So I was like, all right. I came upstairs, give her a little bit, uh, leg rub, and she was watching, because of the Gilmore Girls comeback thing, yeah. now she's gone back and watching old episodes of Gilmore Girls. Better idea, better idea. Good and call. that I, that is not on my, like, Gilmore Girls is not my, it wasn't made for me. I wasn't the, <laughs> it is not made for you. I, I, I wasn't the Scott, right age then or now. My brother or, Scott, who is a little bit older than you and a little bit older than me, owns every season. Wow. I was like, I have the gayest straight brothers in the world. <laughs> he is a very, he's a ladies man, my brother Scott, uh, but has loved the Gilmore Girls with the power of the sun from the very beginning. And they are adorable people, the Lauren and uh, what's her, like the mom? Uh, yeah. I've, She's I've, a super pretty gal. Oh my God, now I can't even think of their names where I've been like sp- sporadically watching now for what the What season month. is your wife on? God, you don't know. I don't know. You don't know. I How don't did know. you know? I don't know. Their character came up the other night, and I was like, is, is he new or something? Because he's super annoying. And she goes, no, he's been on the whole series. And I go, oh, well, that shows how much I've been paying was attention. Was it Luke? Nope, not no? Luke. But I, I do. I don't understand how Luke goes around wearing his hat backwards every day. I could not do that. Well, it was the 90s. I guess. It was a different time. But anyway, the reason I even <laughs> thought of this is because she had me come up there. Gilmore Girls was on. And I was like, honey, if I... Gonna come up and do you this favor, which is fine. I don't want to sit here with Gilmore Girls on the TV, which was on Netflix. Right. So she hits stop, goes back to the main menu, and I go, you know what? This is something we never put on. Put on that Bob Ross freaking one of these painting shows. Yeah, that's on the cover right now of Netflix. We watched an episode and a half. Halfway through the the second one. Happy Trees? Happy Trees? Come out. (laughs) I literally, I'm using literally correctly, literally started falling asleep. I and I very went, soothing. And very. I went, honey, I got. I want to go. I still am in the middle of a video game downstairs. I was going to go oh, finish that. I just sure. said, I'm done. You yep. can go do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, Bob, yeah, Bob Fosse. Is that his name? Ross. Ross. Yeah. Who is Bob Fosse? He was That's a, a different person. I don't know who famous people are, you guys. That's um, a uh, like in musicals or something. Someone's yelling. I think someone's yelling. Yes, it's okay. They're yelling. Yeah. Um, who cares? Uh, fluffy uh, white clouds. Fluffy and... white clouds and happy trees. And it's like watching fish. It's so soothing. It is. I like it. I at don't the mind. Be- at the beginning of the episode, he had four baby squirrels. Like live in wow. the studio with him. Wow. And he was commenting about how adorable. Like, oh my God. Let me God. tell you something about My the head 70s. is just like. The early 70s are so sweet. sweet. Yeah, right. They're just so sweet, you guys. <laughs> Who doesn't want to go back to the early 70s? Mostly because I didn't have a job. Uh, it was nice. <laughs> are you uh, are you going to be part of Lady Dynamite when it comes back? I don't know. Maria, you know, Maria doesn't get to pick. Uh, she doesn't get to. She there's a uh, there's a process with sitcom writing that I did not know. If it's your sitcom, you can sit in the writers' room for fourteen hours a day as well, and then you can have a lot of input, mm-hmm. or you could just show up. Okay, and uh, they can hand you a script, and uh, then you could act. And uh, I think. She has chosen something in between those two. Oh, okay. So she's recommended me, um, but I know that it doesn't count. Like, it counts as much as anybody, <laughs> okay. right? And uh, and I, I hope so. It would be neat. Yeah. Yeah. And I bet you if I went and hung out a bunch at the set and rem- and got to know the writers and stuff, I might get some work. Uh-huh. That's not a bad idea. Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> I want to act. Sort of. Uh, <laughs> I want to do stand-up. And uh, and I win. I get to. Yeah. So it's all working out for me. Damn but, right. I saw mm-hmm. that you 
I don't know if I ever knew this, but I just saw it online. You open for Brian Regan sometimes? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm doing it this next month in Idaho. Oh, okay. I have, I believe I have two nights with him in Idaho Falls. You're not doing the show he's doing here in January. No. No. No, no, I think I'm already working. Okay, because I have tickets um, to that show, and now I'm over oh. two in... It might wondering. be Kermit. It's not Kermit. Oh, it isn't Kermit I've either. asked him as well. It might be Joe Zimmerman. You know Joe Zimmerman? I do know Joe Zimmerman. He opens for him. Oh, okay. Uh, and then there's three guys, uh, Gary, uh, a guy named Joe. Hi. Uh, that's not... None of this is helping. Uh, <laughs> so, but they're all very... It's it's a, it's a nice group to be part of, quite honestly. Uh, Brian Regan, and I, I missed him last year. I... For the first time ever, I had to cancel a gig because uh, I had a surgery, and I'd never had a surgery before. And uh, I canceled the gig uh, because I went to the the doctor, and they're like, "Oh, we got to do this right away." And I so I canceled the gig. The gig was going to be a uh, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday in San Francisco. Thursday and Friday with Brian, and then Saturday with Maria. Oh, and so. It was uh, a weekend that was going to pay me $1 million. And then my deductible, it turns out, was $1 million. <laughs> and I had to cancel those three shows. It was a huge... I had never canceled a show before, and but I was freaking oh, out because yeah. I was scared. I'd never had surgery before. Sure. I don't know. If, have you ha- been knocked out and had surgery? Uh, wisdom teeth. Yeah. This, uh, they, uh, it's like they turn you off. It's like a light switch. Tink, uh, and uh, and I was pretty sure I was going to die, um, and I didn't. It turns out, simple outpatient mm-hmm. procedure, uh, but they had to knock me out and do a surge, and uh, it's fine. But I was freaked out about it, so I I had to I emailed and I said, hey, I got to go in. It's an emergency surgery. I have to cancel these three gigs, and um, and Maria was of course fine, and Brian was of course fine, and then. The next day, I found out that I wasn't going to be scheduled until the following Monday. So every comic I know was like, oh, you could still do those gigs then. And I'm like, no, 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 that ship has passed. We are going to act like it's almost like a real job and I'm replaceable. Uh, (laughs) And I'm going to try not to have my head so far up my ass that I think that I'm irreplaceable. Uh, Because uh, the guy that Brian got to replace him... Was psyched, right? Yeah, sure. There was a couple grand in it for him. He was, in, in, yay! Mm-hmm. And then the uh, woman that Maria got a couple of comics, local women comics, to perform, which was a great opportunity for them. Mm-hmm. So everybody, everybody wins, and I got to be worried for five days, and uh, <laughs> and then hours later, uh, Western Science triumphed. Yes, <laughs> I had uh, a I had a Pokemon up my uterus, and they had to send a ball up. Oh, yeah, just one of the one of those fibroid things that oh. that ladies get. Mm-hmm. Simple outpatient procedure, not that big of a deal. I uh, thought I'd freak out about it, and um, I get that. Strong, I can understand that. Strong enough of a sense of self that I can admit it. <laughs> I'm not the hero of that story, and that's fine. That's good. Um, I don't know how I stumbled. It just happened today. I don't even know how I stumbled upon it. But and this might be really old or relatively new. But uh, Doug Stanhope Road Journal. Oh, my God. Some drinking story from, like, 1997? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I used to party pretty hard, I think. I think people might know that if they know anything about me. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And uh, Doug Stanhope is a damn delight 
Doug Stanhope is a is a is a national treasure, yeah. you guys. And uh, speaking of guys who do a nuke album every year, and is loose. That's a guy who does a very open open sourced. Sure, he's the, got an open sourced uh, world that he's creating stand up comedy in. And Fonder um, example, there he is. There he is, and. Yeah, so I used to drink a lot, and he uh, still drinks a lot, and uh, we drank a lot together for a little while. Yeah. And it was quite a party, yeah. and it was lovely. He started the story by he was so you must have been featuring for him at that yeah. point. Yeah. yeah, it would have been here. You said first, it was here. Yeah, yeah, one of the first times. It was uh, we were uh, we were working together, and um, yeah, yeah, it was you know the last time I drank, it was I wasn't. I wasn't good at it. Mm-hmm. It was not something, because it wasn't that I was bad at the drinking. It's just that then I went off to use heavy machinery, and uh, the police got involved. Yeah. So there was a decision needed to be made. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the last time I drank, I had, I think it was nine shots of Rumplemints and 11 beers. Oh, my God. And no, then no, I got no. into my Mazda 323 hatchback and drove uh, on Laurel Canyon. Oh. And, uh, you know, and no one was killed. And uh, the cop was very polite. And... Uh, uh, he was like, ma'am, have you been drinking? And I said, a lot, but I'm good. <laughs> and he said, please step out of the vehicle. <laughs> my first, that was my second DUI, too. My first DUI was here. Uh, it had to be in 94 oh. and or 95. And it was, um, you know when you have a crush on somebody? You go to a party and you say to yourself, I'm going to take a cab home because I'm going to party pretty hard. And then you have a crush on somebody for a thousand generations. And then he says to you, hey, can you give me a ride home? And you say, yes, this is where it's all going to come together. Uh, uh, by the way, huh? it was never coming together. Uh-uh. He just needed a ride and uh. was uh, knew that I had a car. Uh, so I ended up lost in downtown Minneapolis, going down a one way the wrong way. And I got pulled over. And the cop in that, this was the first DUI, and he said, Ma'am, have you been drinking? And I said, I am drunk. <laughs> and he said, Wow. Wish you hadn't said that. Oh, no. Please step out of the vehicle. Yeah. And Ira, who was the guy I had the crush on, they, so they put me in the drunk tank uh, downtown uh, Minneapolis. And I was there with um, other people who had made terrible life choices that very evening. And uh, <laughs> this one woman, she was black, asked me what had happened. And I told her that story. And she said, You're the dumbest white woman I've ever met. <laughs> 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 and I was like, you might have something there. You might have something there, ma'am. I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> I wonder if she's told. I wonder she uh, might tell that story to this day. That's yeah. what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then we laughed. <laughs> we laughed about how dumb I was. And she was like, what are you going to do now? And I said, well, I don't know. I have no idea. But Ira waited uh, and sent in a, a letter that said, hey, I'm going to wait for you and we'll figure out how to get get home in the morning and uh, wow. let us all out in the morning but i didn't get that letter because he misaddressed it and it went to this other woman in the drunk tank no way and that woman said who the fuck is fra his name was ira but i guess uh when he did an i it looked like an f oh so F-R-A. who the fuck is fra <laughs> that's i was very drunk so those are the three things that i remember from that evening oh no and my sister-in-law picked me up and it was very humiliating mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't know if you've had a dui it's very mm-hmm. it is not emotionally uh reinforcing uh jackie i will say that i had an evening over five years ago where i ended up in that exact same 
room? Do you know Ira? Mul- no, yeah, I didn't have an Ira. No Ira for me. No, Ira. Uh, no, no Ira. But I what bad life choice. I made a terrible choice and mm-hmm. spent some time in that exact same spot downtown Minneapolis. There you go. Oh yes, I did. I don't oh, think it's yes. as uncommon as people think. Nope, and, and you just the, gotta learn from it. That's, that's what I was gonna say. And the beauty of that is, uh, if you can take that seriously, like you should, and then learn your lesson, and it's really. Not that hard to avoid that ever happening again. Right, especially in the time of Uber and Lyft exactly. and all that stuff. And it's, um, and if you think about it, you know, a three. Even if you end up leaving your car and it gets towed and impounded, and it's three hundred dollars to get it out, mm-hmm. it's not seven thousand dollars. Yeah. In DUI fees. Yeah. Which is what it is, oh, sadly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And as a young comic, guess who didn't have it? This one. Oh, oh yeah. Well. Guess we had to put some of that on a credit card. Yeah. Uh, that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No good. Do? What are you going to do? Here's the name I wanted to bring up to you. Let's talk about some of the, your shows, like yeah. um, The Dork Forest. And I also listened to an episode of Jackie and Lori uh, recently. Oh, did you? Did you listen to a current one? We I, are 52 episodes into a friendship. Did you know? <laughs> yes. That's what I like to say, because we never knew each other, really. Yeah. I think when you were here the last time uh, with a week at Acme, you were just starting that. Right. That would have been January of yeah. last year. Yeah. You were just oh, this starting. Year, this, this year, actually. Yeah. Wow. So I listened to both. Uh, well, I mean, I've heard the Dork Forest before. I'd never listened to the Jackie and Lauren show. I'll be honest in saying that. I like that because I like both of you. It's been and all a- we do is just obsess about stand-up. It makes me miss Laurie Kilmartin because she hasn't been here in a few years. Oh, she has a delight. Uh, about a national treasure. Yeah, but really good stuff. And one of the names that, I, that stood out to me on the Dork Forest, you hung out with Beverly D'Angelo. Oh, Beverly D'Angelo episode of The Dork Forest is exceptional. Beverly D'Angelo, most people know her from the vacation movies. I never saw the vacation movies. Uh, What? I know. There was a window when I wasn't watching uh, hilarious crap. And uh, and that was it. That was that window. Wow. And... uh, but when I met Beverly D'Angelo, I said, Beverly D'Angelo. And she said, why both names? <laughs> and I said, because I call almost everybody by both names. And she, and she goes, well, it's nice to meet you. And I said, you were in hair. <laughs> and she said, yeah. Yeah, I was in hair. Yeah, right. I said, you were in Coal Miner's Daughter. And she goes, I was. I was in Coal Miner's Daughter. <laughs> and I said, you played Lurleen on The Simpsons. Yes. And uh, she wrote, I Bagged Me a Homer. The country singer who who hit on Homer. Yeah, yeah. She wrote that song. I bagged me a Homer. Really? Mm-hmm. That's a classic old like. That's first a classic five, Simpsons six moment. Episodes. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, How- I met her through Moon Zappa. So Moon Zappa, who is uh, Frank Zappa's daughter. Yeah. I've had Moon Z- Moon Zappa and I because she used to do a lot more spoken word and kind of stand upy stuff. So I met her. I've known her for like 10 years or whatever okay and she's just really good egg and uh so i'd had her on the dork forest i had her sister diva on the dork forest and um and then so these are great episodes to look up by the way so moon calls me like two months ago and she's like hey beverly d'angelo and i want to do a podcast will you record the first episode for me and i said well you know that you're moon zappa and she's beverly d'angelo you could go to a real person and say, I would like to have a radio show and they will give it to you. Mm-hmm. And she was like, uh-huh. Uh, will you record a, an episode for us? And I said, yep, <laughs> of course I will. And she said, what What do you need? Well, how, uh, we'd like to pay you. And I said, well, I'd like Beverly D'Angelo to be on the Dork Forest. And she said, oh, that's easy enough. I'll drive her. I'll take her hostage and bring her over if I have to. Of course, not a problem. But what do you want for money? And the going rate for teching, um 
a podcast in Los Angeles, if you're not uh, screwing somebody, uh, is 50 bucks an episode. So I didn't want to do it. So I said I'd like $100. And I've, I'm sort of like the bad guy in Austin Stories. Austin Powers, not Austin stories, Austin Powers, because um, nobody blinked and everyone said <laughs> one million, one million dollars. And, and uh, Beverly D'Angelo was like, did you want that just out of my purse? Yeah, right. that? And uh, she handed me a hundred dollars. <laughs> so, And it was fascinating. I don't know that they've recorded anymore or put it out, but they damn well should because it was a it was I have the first episode. I kept a copy. I sent it to to them, but I also kept a copy because I I was like, if you guys never air this, I'm totally bootlegging this and doing something with it. Yeah, yeah. And um, I wanted them to call their podcast um, Valley Girl Vacation. And, um, but <laughs> they want to call it Moon Zappa and Beverly D'Angelo Thinking and Talking or Thinking and Laughing. I was like, wow, that sounds like a, one of my album cover names. <laughs> and uh, One more word. <laughs> yeah. But Beverly D'Angelo is fascinating. You know that she uh, has two children with Al Pacino. Yeah. And they're twins, a boy and a girl, and they're 15. And um, she is, she's got more stories. They're just amazing stories, as does Moon. But it's like, God, you guys, please do this fucking podcast. I didn't get to, uh, I probably listened to half of that one. Oh, the Beverly D'Angelo? Yeah. Okay. It was the last thing I was doing today before I left to come over here. Oh, there's uh, a lot of great, this, you But know, did, you, did you get to talking about Al Pacino with her? Uh, she talked about Al with, um, with, with Moon on, on that one. She called him Al-Qaeda. And, uh, the, it isn't enormously <laughs> amicable. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. But I, like, he calls her crazy in the news. Okay. And she calls him Al-Qaeda. <laughs> wow. Publicly. Okay. So, I didn't um, know that. So, it, but the funny thing is, is they, I mean, it seems pretty, she had a great story about how they went out. And um, she was married to an Italian duke, an actual, like, duke of the realm, like, royalty. Oh my God. For 15 years she was married to this guy. And he lived in Rome and she lived in Los Angeles. And I said, did you guys have an open relationship, like an open marriage? And she said, you know what? That's what it must have been. <laughs> what? And I was like, uh, were you dating? She said, of course. He was dating. I was dating. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's an open marriage. That's going to be the definition of it. And she goes, yeah, we never really... I mean, we talked about it, but we didn't really call it that. And I was like, okay. And she said, and she said, I, you know, I'd go out with these guys, and um, I would tell them I was married, and they'd go, "Whoo, yes!" And then we, <laughs> and then we'd have an affair, and we'd we'd let, we'd mess around and have a good time, and then we'd part ways, and it was great. And she said, when I met Al, uh, I told him I was married, and he said, "What? You can't be married." We can't be together if you're married. That's weird. And I said, well, that makes me like him a lot more. And she goes, oh. yeah. And he said, you got to get a divorce if we're going to be together. And uh, and he didn't offer to marry her, I guess. Uh, but he said, you can't be. I'm not going to go out with a married woman. That's weird. So that's how it ended. So that's she how. So him. she called the Duke and said, hey, I, I, I need a divorce because uh, this guy wants to go out and he won't do it if I'm married. And the Duke goes, what kind of guy? Who is he? And he goes, he's an actor. And uh, the Duke goes, oh, not an actor, Beverly. And then he what? said, what's his name? And she said, uh, Al Pacino. It's Al Pacino. And the Duke, she said, said this. He goes, oh, Al Pacino? I'll divorce you for Al Pacino. No way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
in a very sort of godfathery. Oh, Al Pacino. Yeah, yeah. Of course I'll uh-huh. do whatever Al Pacino wants. I wasn't expecting that, but yeah, fine. <laughs> Go so, for it. Right. If it was, I don't know, um, De Niro. Yeah. No. I don't know. Right. Or It's Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> uh... It's Ralph Macchio. Yeah. And, uh, not the Italian I was wanting. <laughs> But Ralph Macchio is still 17, though. He never get, grew older. He never grew out of it. No. But um, the guy who was on the Gilmore Girls, Joe, um, he, he's a dad now on, 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 on a, new, uh, a new TV show. Why would I introduce the name of the guy? I can't remember. <laughs> and then he played Jesse, or, or he, he played the bad boy in Gilmore Girls. And then Milo. His name is Milo. The okay. His name is Milo. All right. And he was in Heroes. Heroes? Uh, yeah. Superhero heroes? Um, oh, Asian guy? Uh, no, he wasn't. He's not Asian. He's oh. uh, he's uh, Italian. Oh, okay. Italian ancestry. And um, and now he's in a new sitcom where he plays the dad in, and there it's it's kind of a time, like he, pl- he plays him in flashbacks. And oh, current. this is us. My this is wife us. watches that show. I know Milo. exactly who you're talking about. So she knows Milo from the Gilmore Girls. Oh, yeah. And now he's in This Is Us. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know who that is. There you go. Wow. By the way, I wanted to make a confession. Uh, um, I watched Beverly I never watched Gilmore Girls, but Beverly Hills 90210. I have probably that was, seen oh, that was the one? every episode. There you go. And Everybody's got something like it. The O.C.? Yep, yep, never. That was not it. Never. 90210 was your was was your junk. And in my defense, 90210 was they were from Minnesota. I'm from Minnesota. <laughs> they uh You don't have to defend it to me. They I have graduated a podcast called the Dork Forest. <laughs> exactly. They uh they fictionally graduated high school the same year I really graduated high school in Minnesota. How could you have not watched? Right? That's the real question. Exactly. And uh yeah, I uh, I tried to I watched some episodes of The OC. I watched some episodes of 90210. I watched some episodes of Sex and the City. Well, I've um, seen a lot of those too. But there's a lot um there's a there's a oh, Pretty Little Liars. I've seen 3 episodes of that. <laughs> uh there's a lot of bullshit on television. I watched my um, wife give up on that show when she finally oh, said go. nothing's happening. <laughs> right? Uh I I want to there's so much great television on television and um we should mention. Uh, I can't care though. We should mention Lori's. Oh, CISO. CISO today, right? Yeah, it comes out today, the 29th yeah. of of December, 2016. Lori Kilmartin, forty five jokes about my dead dad. I've seen it because okay. she sent me a link to it uh, to give her any notes, and I freaking nailed her. There's so much. There's kind of a lot of ball busting between Lori Kilmartin and I mm-hmm. on the Jackie and Lori show on the Nerdist Network. Yes, and it is. Uh, she sent me the link, and first of all. It's it's great. It really is. The joke writing. The, she writes with an exacto fucking knife. So she writes these jokes that are so beautiful. You, if you follow her on Twitter. I love, she's so good uh, on Twitter. Annie Laurie 16. Yeah. Um, and she writes for Conan. So, I mean, this is not. She's such a great joke writer. And then the beginning and the end, it's bookended with these interviews with her mom and her sister. And okay. then some footage of her father. Oh, wow. Because it's uh, 45 jokes about my dead dad. It's her dad having lung cancer and dying. And she essentially live tweeted it. Oh, I remember. Not on purpose, but just because she's a comic and she was trapped next to her dad for a month mm-hmm. or 10 days. And that's what we do. We write jokes. And so um, she sends me the link. I'm on the show, and she was like, so do you have any feedback? And I said, well, I th- you can rewrite a couple of the jokes, 
because she wanted feedback on the book ending stuff. She didn't uh-huh. want feedback on the <laughs> joke jokes. There's no way to fix the fucking jokes. <laughs> and they weren't broken, turns right. out, because right, they're right. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was fun for me. What I'm saying, Justin, is that it was fun for me. My and jokes! <laughs> not that the look on her face was priceless. <laughs> oh, my God, it was priceless. So that, That's awesome. Is there... Uh, what else should we, well, what else well, should we mention March, you got coming up um, here? A new album will come out. Yeah. Um, and that should be called, I believe it will be called, uh, I Am Not the Hero of This Story. Okay. And much like Bread and Horcrux, we'll be calling it Hero. And mm-hmm. um, and that's on stand-up records. You can get uh, Horcrux, uh, all of it's available on Pandora and Spotify and, and all that stuff for free. Um Amazon Music. Uh, you can buy it from iTunes or Amazon. You can buy it from my website, JackieCation.com. I got the podcast, The Dork Forest. We did one yesterday with Brandy Brown. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Uh, about uh, the State Fair and about her going to the caucuses. She was like, I want to talk about this. And I was like, is it going to be depressing? Because uh, The Dork Forest is a cheerful podcast. Yes. But her la- the last time she was on The Dork Forest, she talked entirely about uh, the Supreme Court. And it was fascinating and funny. So it was good. And... Um, so she did that, and um, but there's like like right now everybody's voting on the best episodes of the I saw that. Will Anderson, one Will of my Anderson favorites about cricket. He's Australian. Uh, nobody knows how cricket works, and we talked for an hour at his apartment about cricket, and then when I left. After we recorded that, I knew how to play cricket for about an hour. <laughs> and then it seeped out of my pores, uh-huh. and it's gone. Yeah, uh, <laughs> There seems to be. And um, so the the Will Anderson one is great. A guy named Stu Goldsmith, who's a British comic, um, he talked about uh, board games. That one's an excellent episode. The episode with Beverly D'Angelo is super fun. The episode with uh, Caitlin Gill about Roald Dahl. She did a just entirely about Willie, the guy who wrote Willy Wonka and sure, stuff. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a great episode. There was a great episode about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. A great episode about Xena. Because people could pick a TV show, and then they just just go down that rabbit hole forever. Right. right. And um, but there's been some great episodes. One of my favorite episodes is a young comic out of Tacoma um, named Jim Stewart Allen. Jim Stewart Allen, I believe. He talked about the the video game, The Oregon Trail. Oh, yeah. For 57 minutes. Oh, my goodness. I was like, how long does it take to play The Oregon Trail? And he said, well, The Oregon Trail is actually about a six-month trip. And I said, does it take six months to play the video game? And he said, no, it takes about half an hour because you play it in a, in, a, in, a, in a classroom. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Well, thank God, and because uh, I I I aged out of the Oregon, like I never Me played too. Oregon Trail. No, I didn't either. And, Me, uh, too old. There's a new card game out at Target, an Oregon Trail card game. Oh, uh, that's that's uh, supposed to be uh, really fun, actually. And but the Jim Stewart Allen, his you know he's a young comic, so he's only been doing it a couple of years. But he's a, he's actually a really great comic. I was I was kind of blown away by. He has a minute and a half bit about the First Crusade. Oh wow! What? Okay, please. And then. But he, his day job is he's a substitute teacher. He's a history teacher. Okay. And so he's just, and he's a really funny, weird kid guy, and uh, but also a good guy. Yeah. So I, 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 uh, yeah, I'd plug, I'd say okay. people should look for that Oregon Trail Dork Forest. I'll go back to that one. I yeah. missed that one. It's a great episode. All right. Um, I think that's about it. One thing I want to, um, one thing I want to mention is, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I just thought of this when you brought up board games. We yeah. got together, you know, Christmas. We just celebrated Christmas. Mm-hmm. And we got together. I don't know if your family does board games or games uh, when you get together. My husband's a game designer. There's a lot of board games So going you better on. be, right? Harry Potter, uh, the Battle of Hog- Hogwarts. That's the one I got for Christmas. Oh, okay. Battle of Hogwarts deck building game. He got Isle of Sky. It's a map game. Anyway, what'd you get? My wife bought that game where you put the mouth guard thing in. Have you seen this that people are playing where it's a this plat piece of plastic and it holds your cheeks open? Like a Snapchat filter, so but that, a real one? So that <laughs> so it, it holds your mouth open so you're okay. nothing but teeth. You mm-hmm. you can't make your lips they don't Do touch anything. anymore. It makes it hard to pronounce, you know, S's and those are sort of sounds. And the game is you have like a card and it has like a fr- like a four or five word phrase and you read that and try to get your uh partner to guess it. Ah. Right? And you know it's a lot of you know, you can't understand. It adds to a lot of lot of laughs, lots yeah. of laughs. What's it called? Uh, Mouth, something mouth, my, open your mouth, close your mouth, something. People, again, people are yelling, right, going, right. we played it, I don't remember the fucking oh, no, name. that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, there are PG versions of this, of this game. Cards and, Against Humanity swearing ones. And then there's the Cards Against Humanity version of this game. Yep. My wife only bought one version. She bought the adult version and brought that <laughs> over to her aunt's house. There are words like the C word and pussy and like. Cunt or cock? Which is Cunt. the seat? Oh, okay. Yes. And you know, I, I did a. Indian things casino. are getting. And, and we're playing this game with teenagers <laughs> who are psyched. Yes. Of course they are because uh-huh. they're children. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cards Against Humanity is a game not for comics, by the way, because we're so dark. We've already thought the horrible things. <laughs> and so. Like, I, I liked playing Cards Against Humanity three times. Uh-huh. The company itself is actually quite a, a great company. They're really good. and um, But I love apples to apples. My favorite new party game, right, by the way, is uh, it's called Bring Your Own Book. And it is an apples to apples-like game. There's a card you put in the middle, like apples to apples, and it has like a phrase. And the phrase says something like, a little known James Bond tattoo. And everyone just grabs a book in whatever place you are at. Like in our house, the books that are out on display are either classics, old textbooks that we think uh, make us look smarter, or uh, let's say, for example, all the Harry Potter books and all the Lord of the Rings books. So everybody grabbed a different book, you know, whether it was, uh, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird or a Harry Potter book. And you'd, you'd look through and you're like a little known James Bond and everybody looks in their own book for anything that would be funny or interesting from a quote from the book in their hand. The first person who picks it uh, then turns over a timer and everyone else gets a minute to find to their find own. find theirs. Yeah. And then uh, you go around and read them. And you read your own? You read your own. There's no, way, there's no secret to it. Okay. And, uh, and then the person who's the middle, in charge of the middle card gets to pick. Oh. And then when you, whoever gets picked, wins that card, like in Apples to Apples. Mm-hmm. When anyone gets more than, when, when anyone gets two cards, you send your book to the left. You, so the books rotate. You don't keep the same book. Oh, okay. And um, it is hilarious. We played it with our, at our house, and then we played it at a, at a, at a barbecue picnic. And all the books that they had in their house, it's fascinating what books people have. Yeah. They self-help books and gardening books. <laughs> and so we played using those books. Oh, I love this. It was a, it's called Bring Your Own Book. And I saw it actually yesterday at, at Barnes & Noble. It's only like 15 bucks. Yeah. It's a perfectly good game. 
I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. All right. Well, uh, then now we just have given people ideas. Gift for... ideas for Armenian Christmas, you guys. <laughs> and the rest of Hanukkah. That's right. Well, actually, I had a, uh, because it was shit weather on Christmas Day, I st- we're making up a Christmas, Christmas celebration two weekends from now. Oh, there you go. Because so we, you still got crap Yeah, because we had to drive. We were supposed to drive two hours away. Canceled. Boom. Rescheduled. Oh, fair enough. Um, good luck the rest of the week. Thanks for thanks for having me back on the pod. Mm-hmm. Super fun. And uh, we'll be looking for the... Uh, the hero thing. The hero thing in March. In March. Thanks, Jackie. Boom.